Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue on this beautiful Sunday morning. My name's Donna and I'm joined in the studio today by Farm, bringing you Out of the Blue on 855 AM 3CR. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land 3CR is broadcasting from and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this land was never ceded. And also Reconciliation Week coming up this week, so big shout out to our Indigenous listeners and allies. We'll be back right after this with today's show. The 3CR Radiothon is fast approaching. And this year, we're asking you to power Radical Radio. That's right. It's with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax deductible. 3CR Radiothon 2019. June the 3rd to the 16th. Power Radical Radio. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. You are tuned to 855 AM 3CR Community Radio and Radiothon is coming and we've got a very amazing fundraiser coming up for all of our listeners. Um, A few details yet to be confirmed, um, but we're hoping to do a film night sometime in June. So stay tuned for more announcements on that as we confirm those details. Um, So today's show, got a bit of everything today where going to be talking a little bit about turtles we've had our world turtle day during the week on the 23rd of may last thursday 
So I've got some um, tips and interesting bits and pieces for you all about turtle turtles. trivia. Yay. Turtle trivia. <laughs> um, and we're also going to be chatting or giving a bit of an update on our friend, the beluga whale, which we met a couple of weeks ago, um, the alleged Russian spy beluga whale. Valdimir is back. Farmer spent a few weeks <laughs> learning how to perfect the pronunciation of that, <laughs> the beluga whale's name. Um, so we'll be hearing all about that. Um, we've got some news and events and recruitment adver- advertising um, and we'll throw a song in as well. So great to have you here. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 855 AM 3CR. So Turtles, World Turtle Day, Thursday the 23rd of May. So it was... Uh, founded in 2000, so nearly 20 years ago, by American Tortoise Rescue, which is an American all-volunteer non-profit organisation who basically work to save and protect all species of turtles and tortoises, so freshwater, saltwater, all kinds. Can you remind us, please, what the difference between a tortoise and a turtle is? Well, my understanding is uh, turtles are in Just quizzing water. You. Good, thanks. It's good to be quizzed early on a Sunday morning <laughs> when you're a little hungover. Um, my understanding is turtles are in the water and tortoises are land-based. Correct. Correct. And there are freshwater turtles and saltwater turtles. And Australia, this is our first fun fact, is home to six out of seven of the um, species of sea turtles in the world wow that's amazing yeah which is pretty cool so we're they're home we're home to the green turtle the loggerhead turtle the hawksbill turtle the flatback turtle the olive ridley turtle and the leatherback turtle um so in the other one the seventh is kemp's ridley sea turtle um which is found in the gulf of mexico and the americas so yeah we've got the we're the mecca of sea turtles over here so pretty cool um so just a bit more on the background of American tortoise rescue. So a married couple, Susan Tellem and Marshall Thompson, um, began American tortoise rescue and World Turtle Day, um, yeah, several years ago. And they've rescued since 1990, um, just, you know, them in their home doing turtle rescues and whatnot, around 4,000 tortoises and turtles. So they work to both um, protect habitat, they work to lobby governments, they work to... Um, uh, rescue tortoises and turtles from aquarium trades and rehome them to um, appropriate homes. Not like necessarily re-releasing them or anything, but where there's kind of mistreatment and what. They're kind of like an RSPCA, if you will, but for turtles and tortoises in the States. Mm. So it's, yeah, amazing bit of work that they're doing. Um, Yeah, and they've, I guess, extended that work to a worldwide day, recognising turtles and tortoises. So, yeah, good for them. Yeah, we love them. Yeah, they seem to be doing some really awesome work. So their website, I actually don't have it with me, but I'll post a link to their website on our Out of the Blue Facebook page as well so you can check out the work they do and a bit more about World Turtle Day as well after the show. So a bit of a history on turtles. They have existed in the world's oceans for more than 150 million years, first appearing during the age of the dinosaurs. Um, and they're often referred to the as were referred to as the ancient mariners of the sea. So they're literally like prehistoric animals. Well, they kind of really look cool. like it, don't you they think? They do, yeah. Like the scales and the toughness of the skin yeah. and the beaks and sometimes all of the uh, microbiota growing mm. on their shells. Uh, there's yeah. just something ancient about them when you see them. There is. Those, the ones at the, um, the Galapagos tortoises at the zoo are 
incredible. Like, yeah, you're right. They are. It's like, why is that here? Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, they're so old. They're like decades and decades yeah, old. Yeah, I, mm. met, uh, I met Harriet, the Galapagos turtle that lived. She's passed away now, but she lived uh, in Steve Irwin's zoo oh, right, yeah. uh, up in Queensland. Mm. And I, I, the first time I came to Australia, I, I wanted to visit that zoo and, and meet her. And she was just walking around in her little pen and... And then she kind of just looked me in the eye and I realized this turtle has been brought here by Charles Darwin as Mm. a present to Captain Cook. Wow. She knew both of those people in real life and she's there staring me in the face right now. It was just such an incredible moment. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. If these animals could talk and the stories that they would tell us. Oh, incredible. Yeah, it would be amazing. Speaking of that, I did an Indigenous walking. This is kind of going off completely off turtles for like five seconds, but it it links in. I did an Indigenous walking tour of St Kilda during the week with my workplace. Um, They organised that and it was really amazing. And we went to the Nagaji tree in – it's kind of at the top end of Albert Park Lake near – St Kilda Junction that kind of area yeah the Fitzroy Street intersection Um, yeah yeah there and um, Dean the guy taking the tour really great guy Um, and he does these tours um, at the Royal Botanic Gardens as well if you know anyone's interested in in learning more about their um, indigenous history of Melbourne Um, and the Nagaji tree they reckon it's over 600 years old and around that or or maybe older Um, and it was basically a meeting point for indigenous tribes of melbourne um to come and like dance and sing and trade and meet and yeah we were just saying if this tree could talk imagine you know what it would tell us what it could tell us the you know history culture stories yeah it was really amazing yeah and these prehistoric animals that are still walking around us or that one that you mentioned isn't yeah she yeah, was but- back then, i think she was like 175 <clears throat> years old when i met her <clears throat> something like that i was like i mean 175 yeah, it's you crazy, know isn't it yeah wow. how do they age them actually do you know no i have yeah. no idea i mean this one was <clears throat> easy to trace because she was literally a present so yeah. she came over uh on the ship with yeah. Charles Darwin when he wow. came to Australia yeah. as a little baby Galapagos turtle. Oh. So, so you know, they, and they've mm. trade. There are photos of her, um, you know, black and white photos of her yeah. giving rides to children oh in the botanical gardens yeah, in right. Brisbane a hundred years ago. Wow. <laughs> it's it's crazy, isn't crazy. it? What a life! Gosh. Oh man. All right. So back to back to our turtles. Um, I'm sure you all know what they look like. I'm not going to kind of go into their <laughs> their biology in that regard. Um, but they – so of the ones that are found in Australia, they're normally in the warmer waters. So Fitzroy Island in Queensland, Mon Repos in Queensland, Great Barrier Reef, um, Ningaloo Reef in WA, Bear Sand Island in Northern Territory and Broome are kind of the hot spots, I guess, if you will, for turtles, sea turtles. Well, I will say every time I've ever been snorkeling in an area where there are turtles or diving, I've never seen one. And it's one of those things that I'm just like, when am I going to see a turtle in the Bucket wild? Bucket item, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Well, sometimes they do ten- They do sometimes get lost, right? Because we've had one in the bay, mm. when was it, two, three years ago? Yeah, I think okay. one got out mm. into, into Port Phillip Bay and was quickly rescued by the Marine Response Unit. And somebody, some volunteers actually drove it back up to Queensland. Oh, wow. Legends. I know, right? That's a right? fun road trip. <laughs> yeah. Look at a turtle in the back of his cargo. Yeah, this poor turtle. Wow, yeah. Yeah, really regretting some of its life decisions there. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and it's cold here too compared to up north. No way. Um, and I guess tying back to the yeah Indigenous themes that I was just mentioning before, marine turtles definitely have an important cultural and social values for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people um, living in coastal areas of northern Australia. Um, and hunting these species is important for maintaining their family relations and social structures and they use them in ceremony and community purposes and are providing yeah, food and protein and fresh food and whatnot where, where it can be, could be difficult to obtain. Um, and so our Indigenous communities are working collaboratively with government agencies and scientists to develop and implement community-based management for sustainable hunting of them um, and there's a few grants and whatnot out there that, that help with that and programs um, and so under the Native Title Act, actually, traditional owners have the right to take marine resources, which includes hunting turtles for personal, domestic, non-commercial communal needs and in exercise and enjoyment of their native title rights and interests. But for non-Indigenous people, it is definitely not okay to take any marine turtles from, from our waters. Or their eggs. Or their eggs, yeah. And there are several... Um, environment groups and rescue groups in Australia. So I mentioned the one in America who started World Turtle Day earlier, um, but there are several who work, a lot of them in Queensland, to do turtle rescue and rehabilitation and um, re-releasing programs as well. So And it's something like I've got a few. I think Heather, one of our other presenters, did a stint doing one of those turtle rescue programs. Yeah, as a volunteer. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah great. as a volunteer. Yeah, I did uh, my, my master's internship at Reef HQ, which is mm-hmm. in Townsville. It's the public aquarium that's run by the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority. Oh, yeah. And uh, we we tried to rescue some turtles there that we called floaters because mm. they were floating on the surface Don't of... Don't say plastic. Oh, well, that's mm. usually the case where they swallow plastic bags because they think they are uh, jellyfish. And then end up floating mm. on the surface and are not they're not they're incapable of diving down because they're they've become so buoyant. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, unfortunately we couldn't save those. Mm. Um, but there was one actually a funny turtle story here. There was one that lived in the predator tank with all the sharks. Oh wow. A small green sea turtle. Her name was Lucky. And uh, she was very lucky because she was one of those turtles who who had been rescued. But unfortunately, mm. she was not in a state that she could actually be released back out into the wild. And mm. I, I kind of forgot what why that was. Um, but she ended up living in the predator tank and wow. uh, just entertaining the school classes. And it was very interesting because she, she had... Um, you know, sea turtles are most of the time they're vegetarian, or mm-hmm. they or they eat um, sponges or um, okay. jellyfish. But she had actually adapted to eating fish together with all the sharks. Oh, wow. So yeah. whenever it was feeding time and the fish would go into the tank, she would actually battle the black tip reef sharks wow. and the grey nurse shark for those really nice morsels of fish, and she Funny. would just bump them out of the way. Um, <laughs> And she was she was really full of character, and yeah. that's what I really liked about her because yeah. we had to go dive into in the tank, of course, to clean the windows on the inside. Mm. And whenever she would see a diver, um, she would start. She would just lay herself down on the bottom and wait. And so I would go down. I would sit on my on my knees, and she would then come up to me and stick her head in between my legs and try to get me to rub her shell <laughs> with a cleaning cloth to get oh, all right. of the uh, yeah, yeah to I've get all of the like algae this. off and yeah. they can really feel they have nerve endings in their oh, shell right. so they can actually feel you rubbing the cloth wow. over their shell and she loved it she was like a cat but if I got distracted she would just like put her head up and just bite me in my <gasps> leg 
She would like bite right through my wetsuit as if she was saying, what are you doing? You're getting distracted. Pay attention to me, please. And, uh, and she would stop biting me as soon as I would wow, continue so cleaning. Um, yeah, I will never forget that. And <laughs> neither will my legs. Oh, man, what a cheeky one. Yeah, funny. she was beautiful. The shells are really sought after. Some of them, the hawksbill um, turtle mostly, their um, shells are really sought after in like not only um, or mostly for like jewellery and souvenirs and combs and sunglasses and whatnot. So I think most people are familiar with like the tortoiseshell look. Yeah. Um, that actually comes from or the look of it. And I think they do a lot of it in plastic now, but – um, originally from the hawksbill turtles right. and that's probably the main threat to their survival in the wild so um, a lot of these groups um, and the Australian government put out um, kind of warnings to tourists traveling to um, island nations like Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, Indonesia, Malaysia, some of the Southeast Asian countries as well, um, just saying if you see this stuff in markets please don't buy it because it's supporting illegal capture and killing of these turtles yeah and that would they would fall under the CITES convention wouldn't they Mm. so you're not you're not actually allowed to transport the parts of these animals across borders yeah it can get seized yeah if you bring it back into Australia as well so double not worth your time yeah for the turtles and get another souvenir find something else take a photo I don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't need this kind of stuff. Get other sunglasses. Um, yeah, so there are a few other kind of main threats to turtles. Um, ocean plastic and pollution, obviously, and unfortunately, habitat destruction and alteration. Offshore drilling has a bit of an impact on turtles and their migratory paths and sounds in the water and whatnot, as well as commercial fishing and as they become bycatch and shark nets as well so we know that shark nets don't just catch sharks they catch a whole range of animals and turtles are one of those as well so um yeah that's kind of a bit of a wrap about the threats they are I I heard a a really cool story actually about uh there was a beach I think it was in India and that beach was covered in in plastic pollution up to the knees you know like really Mm. Really, really badly, and yep. um, and so it was prohibiting the sea turtles from nesting onto that yep. beach because they literally could not dig their way through the plastic to get to the yeah, sand. Yeah, I remember this. And if they could, then the young, the babies, wouldn't be able to make it, you know, to come out and get to the ocean. Mm. And so there was a, uh, a member of the public who mm. decided to do something, and they cleaned up that entire beach. Amazing. They took everything off, and the sea turtles came and nested there. You know, and not just one sea turtle, but mm. all of them came back and nested yeah. there, and they made sure that those um, turtle babies were were able to hatch and make it back to the ocean. Great, which was such a, a heartening story mm. of of people really collaborating to yeah. to give these species a chance. Um, because sea turtles are really they're, they're really picky about their beaches. Yeah, they go back to the same one where mm. they were hatched, but yeah. they never like they only go back to mate. Like, how do they know that that was? They have like an inbuilt GPS or something. And that amazing. is one of the great mysteries <laughs> of ocean life. It really is. Yeah. They go back to that. They like hatch there and that's – they go out to sea and then, I don't know, 20 years later or something, they come back to that exact same beach. Yeah. And climate change is really threatening that because some of these beaches are actually being washed away or, you know, the sea's rising up around them. And so some of them don't have – these islands to go back to and they don't breed as a result of it. Yeah. Correct. Which is hugely um yeah, disturbing and um yeah, 
a massive threat to their species, several of them. So I guess that's, yeah, another thing that people kind of don't or maybe don't realise about climate change is that it's not, it's not all about people and how it's going to affect us. It's also about biodiversity and how, um, you know, beaches like that play a huge role in not just that animal's life but also the cultural significance of that animal and, you know, how it can keep keep on keeping on as a key part of our ocean habitats so correct another thing to keep in mind um so ways to help um the american tortoise rescue they they've got a few top tips about um helping turtles and tortoises and they kind of recommend to contact legislators to ask for better turtle protection in communities um, and writing letters and habitat conservation and preservation and whatnot. Um, don't buy them from, don't buy turtles or tortoises from aquariums because you don't know where they've come from. They might have been taken from the wild. Um, there are rescue organizations so you can adopt a turtle or a tortoise. So, like you would a cat or a dog from a shelter. Um, and you can volunteer at various different places. And the most interesting tip, which I didn't know this, if you see them on the road trying to cross, you can help, you can like pick them up safely. There's a safe way to do that. They have really sharp, like beaky mouths. Um, but you've got to cross the, take them across the road in like the same direction that they're coming. Cause if you just turn them back around, they will turn around and keep crossing the way they wanted to go. So if you are helping a turtle cross tortoise cross the road, make sure you place them in the right direction. <laughs> and don't get squashed on the road while you're doing it. Road safety <laughs> Stay safe, number one. Um, we're going to go to a quick song and we'll be back right after that. You're listening to 855 AM 3CR. My name is Ian Ham, and I'm the chair of the Healing Foundation's Stolen Generations Reference Group. At three weeks of age, I was separated from my birth family. And even though they lived just 50 kilometres away, I never knew they existed. I never met my mum and it pains me to this day. There are thousands of Aboriginal people just like me and our stories have never been heard. These stories form the basis of Australia's first Stolen Generations resource kit for schools. To download the kit, go to healingfoundation.org.au. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back to 855 AM 3CR. You're listening to Out of the Blue. I'm Donna and Farm is with me and you just heard Lighthouse by the Waifs. And we just had a really great chat about turtles and tortoises and all things ancient. Um, and if you like what you heard and you're thinking, well, actually, I would like to talk about turtles on the radio or something else ocean-related, please do get in touch with us because we are currently recruiting for new Out of the Blue presenters. Yay! Yay! I had an applause button. Uh, <laughs> oh no, that was a money button. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. It's volunteer work, actually. No money involved, unfortunately. Um, but if you are an ocean lover like we are and you love communicating and talking about the ocean um, and you're very interested in researching all things ocean related and helping our audience enjoy news and stories about the ocean, uh, then do please get in touch with us because we are recruiting and um, we would love it for you to uh, send us a little bit about yourself, a little bio and uh, a little bit of your motivation and you can send it to our email address which is outoftheblue3cr at gmail.com. That's out of the blue and then the number three and then cr at gmail.com. So we hope to see some of you 
appearing in our inbox. Yay, and we'll be in touch. Or you can contact us on Facebook as well. Oh, yes, yes. Facebook channels are always Mm. open as well. So, after that said, we are catching up with Valdimir, the beluga whale. Valdimir. Valdimir. Um, We um, did a story about him on the 5th of May, um, so you can listen in the podcast in the podcast section of the uh, of the website on 3CR, uh, you'll find that show if you want to know more. Valdimir was a beluga whale that turned up in the Norwegian fishing town of Hammerfest in uh, in April, wearing a harness suitable for carrying a mounted camera on it, and the the harness was bearing a buckle with the stamp "Equipment Saint Petersburg" on it, and nobody <laughs> had any idea where this beluga whale came from. Um, so there was a lot of speculation. People thought it was a Russian spy, which, of course, the Russian military denied because they said, well, why would we put a harness on him basically with our address on it? Which kind of made sense. But then again, you know, it's the Russian military. Can you really trust them? So there's been <laughs> there's been a lot of speculation around this. And um, so the update now is that Valdimir is actually still not being claimed by anyone. He, uh, he or she is still in the harbor. Um, looking for contact with humans still, so you know he's definitely not on his own. There's a lot of people who come and see, uh, who come and see Valdemir, and um, he's even doing tricks. So he's definitely been schooled in some way. Um, he's also picked up somebody's iPhone. There was a lady who visited him and uh, <laughs> dropped an iPhone accidentally into the water, and Valdemir retrieved it for her. So he's definitely um, engaging with people and. Uh, the, the the mystery is, so why isn't anyone stepping forward? So the speculation now is that um, there are actually several commercial whaleries in in the east of Russia where beluga whales and orcas have been captured from the wild illegally um, by very large numbers and being held in small holding pens. And I've seen some drone footage mm. of um, a drone <laughs> filming this, these tiny, tiny pens, and they found one... Uh, in the Russian Far East, where 11 orcas and 87 belugas were being held captive in pretty bad conditions. Um, So they, and that was, I think it was, um, yeah, near, in Vladivostok, near Vladivostok. Um, So in April, the Whale Sanctuary Project team, which is a not-for-profit organization that um, helps rehabilitate um, cetaceans that have been in captivity to to release them into the wild, they were invited by the Ministry of Natural Resources and Environment of the Russian Federation, because actually Vladimir Putin had become involved at that time. Um, to visit the facility and um, they have done an assessment there and they have judged that all of the orcas and belugas are actually good enough to be returned into the wild and they're going to look Mm. at rehabilitation plans for all of them so they can be returned. Um, A whale sold to China or an orca sound uh, sold to China will yield about six and a half million US dollars wow. per animal. So you Crazy. can imagine there is a bit of poaching going on. Mm. 